Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod. Chris Baker's here with me, and we are back for another Monday morning episode. Chris, start us off in the normal Monday morning fashion by giving us the weather headed into this week. In Los Angeles, California, it is sunny 75. In Houston, Texas, it is mostly sunny 82. In Chicago, Illinois, it is mostly sunny 74. And in New York City, it is raining with a high of 67 degrees. So, Nick, we got plenty of news to get into, so I could give a flying crap on how you're doing on this beautiful Monday morning. <laughs> Uh, and I only say that partially kidding, but we do have lots of news. We do have a lot of news to get into, yeah. Yeah, let's jump right in, shall so, we? So you probably heard the president announce some new actions to try and stabilize the oil markets. Whether it actually brings down gas prices significantly is up for debate. Before I get to the plan to buy oil for taxpayers' profit, you should know the president announced that the release of 15 million barrels of the oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve for the month of December. Now, it's important to note that this isn't a new release of oil. This is part of the 180 million barrels that were already set to be released. That ready and release plan basically says this White House isn't afraid to keep releasing oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve in the future if it's needed. The president says the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is more than half full with more than 400 barrels of oil left. The fact is, since 2007, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve has averaged about 700 million barrels of oil, and right now it's at its lowest level we have seen in 15 years. Now, on to the oil profit plan. The president says oil companies haven't been investing in American oil production because they don't feel like the investment will pay off for them in the long run for a whole host of reasons. So today, President Biden said if they step up production, he'll commit to purchasing the oil to refill the strategic petroleum reserve when oil prices come back down around $70 a barrel. He said that's a good price for companies to make money, but also be profitable for taxpayers. Here's the White House's logic. Right now, the oil being released from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is being sold on the oil market to boost supply. All of these barrels have been selling for about $90 a barrel, sometimes more. But if the government buys the replacement oil in the future at $70 a barrel, that's less, which then turns them a profit. The White House says this will also create certainty for those oil companies that their oil products will be purchased even when consumer demand is low. Now, it's important to note that this is the White House's logic. It's not our logic. It's not our plan. And it's unclear if the president's commitment would be enough to get American oil companies to increase their production. It's also important to note that some in the oil industry say that the continuous tapping of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve keeps prices artificially low. Basically, it's a band-aid, and when the reserve release runs out, oil prices will spike back up again. And for those of you that are concerned about Biden's commitment to clean energy, he also said that he doesn't want this oil buying commitment to delay or defer progress on wind, solar, and hydrogen clean energy. He asked Congress to step up and pass new permitting rules to make that happen as soon as possible. An emergency petition has now been filed with the Supreme Court to block the Federal Student Loan Forgiveness Program. What does that mean if you already submitted your application? First, the organization that filled the petition already had its case thrown out by a federal 
district court judge who said the Brown County Taxpayers Association in Wisconsin did not have legal standing to bring the lawsuit in the first place. The Wisconsin Taxpayer Group then appealed to the Seventh Circuit, and because it's still pending, the group appealed to the Supreme Court to intervene immediately and block the program so that its appeal has time to go through the process. As we've reported, the federal student loan forgiveness application is already open, and the Department of Education could start processing that forgiveness as soon as this weekend, so the best thing you can do is just to hang tight. As with all petitions, the Supreme Court can decide to hear this case or not, but the clock is ticking, and once the forgiveness starts, it's going to be very hard to stop it and stop that train from leaving the station. The very next day after the emergency petition was filed, Justice Amy Coney Barrett denied a challenge to the federal student loan forgiveness program. As we just explained, the Brown County Taxpayer Associations of Wisconsin was asking the Supreme court to block the program, arguing the president is assuming the powers of Congress. Justice Barrett, who is responsible for hearing these emergency cases for the state of Wisconsin, said the Supreme Court will not intervene. She didn't refer this matter to the rest of the justices, as that is her right to do. The case will continue to play out in an appellate court after a lower court judge threw the case out, saying the taxpayer group had no, quote, standing to bring the lawsuit in the first place. Now, this isn't the only pending case challenging the forgiveness program. There are still several cases going on right now, but the Department of Education forgiveness application is already open, like we said before, and they could start forgiving those loans as soon as this weekend. And as again, as we said before, once that train leaves the station, it's going to be very hard to stop it. We have a brief update on the U.S. housing market. According to the new September numbers from the National Association of Realtors, show for the eighth straight month in a row, existing home prices have dropped. They were down 1.4% from August and 23.8% down from September 2021. That includes single-family homes, townhomes, condos, and co-ops. That's the eighth straight month of decline. The median existing home price is also down from June's record high of $413,800. In September 2022, the median existing home price was $384,800, which is still 8.4% more than last year. The National Association for Realtors say that this is, quote, an adjustment due to continued interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve. According to Freddie Mac, the average for the most popular 30-year fixed rate mortgages today is 6.94%, which is the highest in 20 years. Now we're moving into a midterm update as we speak on this beautiful Monday, October 24th. We are only 15 days away from the midterm elections, and President Biden was in Pennsylvania last week for some midterm work. What's interesting, while he was in Pennsylvania, he was not out on a traditional campaign rally, rallying for Pennsylvania Democrats on the ballot, like Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, who is currently running for an open Senate seat. Though Fetterman did join the president at an event counting infrastructure projects in Pennsylvania last week. After that event, both attended an event in Philadelphia to raise money for Democrats. Political experts 
would say this is because President Biden's polling numbers are not good, but he is very helpful when it comes to raising money. Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, who is currently running in a hotly contested Senate race, has just released a doctor's note saying he is fit to serve. As we reported in the past, Fetterman suffered a very serious stroke and was absent from the campaign trail for months. Now that he's back, there have been a lot of questions about his health and if he's ready to serve in the U.S. Senate if elected. Well, last week, Fetterman's doctor admitted that he is still suffering from some stroke recovery symptoms like auditory processing disorder, which presents uh, hearing loss, but otherwise he is fit to serve. Fetterman is running against former President Trump endorsed candidate and TV doctor Minute Oz. Oz has been on the campaign trail openly questioning Fetterman's fitness for office. The two will face off in a debate on October 25th. Tomorrow, Pennsylvania is a critical race in the determining which party will control the Senate in 2023. We have Georgia record turnout in this year's voting. Georgia's early voters keep showing up. On early voting day two, election officials say they have seen a 75.3% increase in voter turnout versus two days into the 2018 midterm elections. Voting officials also say midterm early voting day two increased 3.3% over day two of early voting during the 2020 presidential election we cannot tell you how astounding these numbers are in georgia voters in that state have been inundated with political ads for months and it's clear they understand that their senate race could determine which party controls the u.s senate also former vice president mike pence has been making the round speaking at political leaning events throughout this midterm election season but at an event in georgetown university last week the moderator asked whether Pence would back Trump in 2024. Pence took a long pause and with a wry smile told an audience, quote, well, there might be someone else I prefer more, hinting that he would be running for president in 2024. Whether the Republican electorate has the stomach to support Pence is another story, especially when the party standard bearer, former President Donald Trump, has been pretty open about also running in 2024, and so has GOP frontman Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He also discussed the GOP's party-changing leadership. Mr. Pence, if Donald Trump is the Republican nominee for president in 2024, will you vote for him? Well, there might be somebody else I'd prefer more. You know, what I can tell you is I'm, I have every confidence that the Republican Party is going to sort out leadership. All my focus has been on the midterm elections, and it'll stay that way for the next 20 days. But after that, we'll be thinking about the future, ours and the nation's, and uh, I'll keep you posted. Former President Donald Trump and his political allies understood that their allegations of widespread voter fraud in Georgia was baseless but continued to push the unfound claims in court and in public. The revelations came in an 18-page ruling over Trump ally and conservative lawyer John Eastman, resistance to the subpoena for emails from the House Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. U.S. District Court 
Judge David Harder found Trump was, quote, more likely than not, end quote, engaged in or planned the obstruction of an official proceeding and engaged in or planned a conspiracy to fraud the federal government, both federal crimes. The judge also ordered this ordered that several documents between former President Trump's allies must be made public as they showed that the group participated in a, quote, knowing misrepresentation of voter fraud in Georgia when seeking to overturn the election result in federal court, end quote. Quote, the emails show that President Trump knew that the specific numbers of voter fraud were wrong, but continued to tout those numbers both in court and to the public, end quote. Carter wrote, quote, the court finds that these emails are sufficiently related to and in furtherance of a conspiracy to defraud the United States. In the Wednesday filing, Carter concluded from the collective documents that Trump's legal team currently, quote, make clear that President Trump filed certain lawsuits not to obtain legal relief, but to disrupt or delay the January 6th congressional proceedings through the courts. Judge Carter has also ordered Eastman to disclose more than 30 documents sought by the House Select Committee by 2 p.m. on October 28th. Getting into rapid news, a former UCLA gynecologist was found guilty on five counts in a sexual abuse case Thursday in Los Angeles court. Also, Senator Lindsey Graham must testify before a special grand jury investigating whether then-President Trump and others illegally tried to influence the 2020 election in Georgia. So before we get into good news here, we just want to give a quick update on President Biden's schedule for the week because in yesterday's week ahead schedule, we did say that there wasn't a schedule announced, but there is one available now. So we do have some stuff to update you guys with there. So Today, the president and the first lady will host a reception for Diwali in the East Room. On Wednesday, the president looks forward to welcoming the president of Israel to the White House. On Thursday, President Biden will travel to Syracuse, New York to see a Microtech Future Semiconductor Manufacturing Site. And on Monday, the president and the vice president will travel to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And the president and vice president will participate in a reception for the Pennsylvania Democratic Party. Nick, what do you got for this Monday morning good news? All right. So for my good news story today, we have just kind of a cool one. Honestly, I found this very interesting. So... It all started, technically it started with this charity trying to collect enough secondhand golf balls to fill a 20-foot shipping container. And that's approximately 200,000 golf balls. Uh, and they wanted to send these balls to a ton of different uh, golfing groups across the world, including several uh, golfing uh, clubs and, and groups for those with... Uh, disabilities and for female-based golf groups across different countries. Uh, there were goals to send some to Africa, to Europe, uh, to all different countries. So just a really big goal for, for them. And uh, there's one man, a former amateur pro, who has really, really tried to help in this goal and in this charity by collecting 6,000 golf balls. Now, mind you, he didn't just do this himself. He actually did it with his little puppy because he brought his puppy to the golf course one day with him and 
when his dog came out of the bushes, they had a like top notch. Uh, they're called Pro V1 golf balls, some of the top on the market, and it gave him the idea to help in this goal and help in this charity. So he has found six thousand of these balls and just made a huge, huge dent in this charity's goal to send these different balls around the world. And just, just kind of a cool story, and all through the help of just his dog. That's really cool. You know, who said that... A dogs bar- are heroes, Nick. Yeah, yeah I mean, who said that a dog's mind. ability to find and retrieve a ball wouldn't be heroic? <laughs> you know, Nick, I like to say that we don't deserve dogs mm. um, because they're the true MVPs and the true heroes of this world. Where would you think our world is bad now? Where would we be without a dog? Dogs. And as I say that, I have a dog licking my face. <laughs> uh, dogs truly are wonderful for so, so many different reasons. And I just love this story. I just love the fact that it was his puppy. Just like he brought his puppy to the golf course, just having a normal day of golf and just all of a sudden went on this journey. To collect all these see, golf balls? Insane. See, I would never be able to bring Annie to a golf course because as soon as you hit the ball out off of the tee, she would be chasing it right into the golf course and <laughs> I can would so see it. catch it in the air before it even landed. I can so see that happening. Because those that don't know, Annie loves playing anything with a ball. She oh, yes. Like soccer. Uh, we've played baseball. And when I say <laughs> soccer, she holds a ball in her mouth and bats it around with her paw. Another oh, ball around with wow. her paw. But anyways, that's an incredible good news story. Um, you know, like you said, who said dog a dog retrieving a ball could not be a good news story. Right. But that is the end of this Monday morning news episode. Nick will be back here tomorrow morning with an eye on the ball episode. And we will be back here with an idiots in the news Wednesday morning and of course Friday morning. We will be back here with another news episode to wrap up your work week. Until then, have a Great start to your week, everybody. Bye, guys.